Hey, this is Chip from Enough Snuffle. When I'm smoking pot with Josh, I'm doing that. Talk to me. Turn up those radios. Peace. Welcome into Talk To Me, episode 259. The guest this week is Chip Zanuff from Enough's Enough, who have a great new album out uh, July 10th. Frontiers Records entitled Brainwashed Generation. And to talk about Enough's Enough, I brought in somebody that knows way more about the band than I do. And that's Aaron Camaro from the uh, Decibel Geek Podcast. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, nothing like giving me a little heads up that I'm going to be on your show. <laughs> what do you mean? Five seconds isn't enough uh, time? <laughs> Depends on what I was doing when the phone rang. <laughs> So I know Enough's Enough is one of your favorite bands. So uh, so tell me a little bit about Enough's Enough. Uh, let's see. Um, Enough's Enough is a band from Chicago. They've been around since, geez, I guess the at least mid-'80s. <clears throat> There's been different incarnations of the band over the years. Um, just one of them bands that were, and there's so many of them, that were coming up when the music scene was changing, you know, when there, when it was out with the Motley Crues and the Poisons and in with the Pearl Jams and Nirvanas, Enough's Enough was somewhere in the middle there. They didn't really fit in with, musically, they didn't fit in with the bands that came before them. And the way they lo- looked definitely didn't do them any favors in what was coming forward. So they just kind of got caught in the middle of it and never really got the success that they deserved. But man... If anybody knows Enough's Enough, they'll be able to agree with me on this, that they're one of the best songwriting bands ever. You know, you get a... There's, there, it's, it's not heavy metal, but they have the ability to get real heavy sometimes. A lot of it's real ballady, but a lot of it's in the middle. It's kind of like, you know, the Beatles' cheap trick with Jakey Lee. You know, it's, it's, it's a cool mix of a whole bunch of different stuff, and it's definitely one of my favorite bands. Before I took the interview, I didn't know a ton about the band, and I I knew the singles a little bit, and then I went and took a deep yeah the the old stuff, and I took a deep dive into Brainwash Generation. I don't know what you've heard off of it yet, but I've you know I took a deep dive, and and I really enjoyed the album a lot. And then I went back and listened to Early Enough's Enough, and I was like, man, I think they're doing stronger stuff now than they were back then. Uh, the the last album they did with Chip and Donnie together was called Dissonance, and it actually has Jakey Lee on lead guitar, and that album is phenomenal. I think that's the best thing they ever came out with. But sadly, that was the end of the Chip and Donnie team. And but I, what I'm told is on this upcoming album, which I haven't heard it yet. I'm I'm still weird like that. I like to wait until the CD comes out, which I still buy CDs and get the CD and listen to the whole thing. I kind of, for any band that I'm really looking forward to, I try to stay away from like uh, singles coming out and released on the internet. I like to get it old school, listen to the whole album when it's out. So I haven't heard any of it yet, but I did hear that Chip and Donnie work on a song together and, and Donnie actually sings on it on the new album, which is awesome. Yeah, he does. And uh, there's a pseudo Ace Freely uh, appearance on the new album. So I know you'll enjoy that too. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Mike Portnoy on drums on a, on a track here and there, and uh, yeah, man, it's a uh, star-studded event over there at the at the uh, new Enough's Enough record. 
Well, hell, Joshua, thanks for calling and telling me that. That's the best news I heard all day. <laughs> Don't you just love when I pick up the phone and I'm like, I'm going to call Aaron Camaro because he knows all about Enough's Enough. Because I'm Josh Toomey and he'll answer. And I did. <laughs> nice, man. How, how is everything else going over at the uh, at the Decibel Geek podcast? I was on there, uh, man, that's already been like, what, 10 weeks ago or some crazy yeah, actually, when you called, what I was working on was editing the latest episode, which we've got Chris Aiken on the show from the Classic Metal Show. And, uh, you know, we're doing the quarantine sessions. We're still letting the listeners kind of steer the ship on the show and tell us what we're going to talk about. And when the listeners speak, we listen. You know, we answer as many questions as we can. And like you said, you know, we've been having awesome guests on every single week. So why not keep it rolling? You know, we're having a good time with it. Yeah, man, I've been checking them out each week, and uh, one person that I had heard of for years and never really listened to was uh, Lee McCormick, and I really, really enjoyed uh, him being on the show and uh, and his music. It was good stuff. Yeah, Lee's a cool dude. I, I'm glad Chris suggested him, because we had a blast with him, too, and you know, here's the cool thing about Lee. You know, he's at the Rockin' Pod, and he's putting together the, art, the uh, podcaster's jam afterwards and stuff. Well, I, that's where I met Lee for the first time was Rock and Pod, and uh, super cool guy. And then one day I'm looking at a Ace Frehley tribute album, and I go, I'm looking at the credits, credits on it. It's like Lee McCormick, and I put on, and it's like this uh, almost rockabilly kind of version of Speeding Back to My Baby, and it's like holy shit, that's Lee McCormick, you know, super cool guy. Was that with the uh, the female vocalist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really really good. That's cool one. Yeah. It is good, man. Well, uh, what have you been doing with, uh, you know, with no record stores being open and uh, are the uh, are like the great escapes and all that stuff in Nashville opening back up to where you can go in and peruse some CDs? Well, it's one of them things where everything's pretty much open, but, you know, they're asking you to wear a mask when you come in. So, you know, you wear a mask and hey, actually, I haven't been in so long that, <clears throat> excuse me, the last time I went to the great escape this last weekend, my wife waved and called to me and i say hey, what is it and she goes come here look and i guess somebody had just brought in a cd collection and they were they had some pretty good taste in music so there was all <laughs> these weird rare rock and metal cds in there i ended up dropping over a hundred bucks oh nice <laughs> i've never i've never done that before in my life but you know it's been so long since i've been able to really go to a store like that and it just so happened that they had this collection and everything was priced right. So I walked out of there with uh, two big stacks of CDs. Well, you can wear a bandana on your head and one over your over your mouth, so you can have like just your eyes showing. You can almost look like a ninja. Exactly, and nobody bugs me for <laughs> autographs or nothing. It's great. You look like Kiss in the seventies with your mask on. Or um, you know, I'm out there recruiting for Cobra. <laughs> Well, too good, man. Well, Aaron, thanks for answering the phone, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. You know, go ahead and uh, tell everybody where they can find the Decibel Geek podcast. Uh, wherever you find your fine podcast, if you can find Toomey, you can find us. All right, man. Pick a uh, pick a classic uh, "Enough's Enough" song to uh, to play us into the interview with Chip. Oh, uh, let's see. I was just talking about that album Dissonance. Um, let's do uh, yeah, let's do Dissonance off of dissonance that's a great song that whole album is good it's hard to pick one but i like that one let's go with that awesome well thanks to aaron camaro of the Desible geek podcast and uh we'll check out some classic enough's enough and then talk to chip and then i will talk to you guys momentarily
Enough of Enough's Enough on the line. New album, Brainwashed Generation, out July 10th on Frontiers Records. Chip, how are you today? Uh, very good. Thanks for asking. I, a lot of funny calls. Where it's Skype now, it's Zoom, a lot of different <laughs> ways to do interviews. I like the old-fashioned way, just talking, and we're both, you know, like, like the radio. I think it's great. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, I enjoy, uh, yeah, we're, I'm diving more into video interviews and, and, yeah, Skype and everything else, man. It's it's crazy how, how everything is changing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's changed, and we have to be ready for change. Sometimes it's a real good thing. Well, talking about the new album, man, it sounds fantastic, and, and you know, you've got a ton of special guests on it, and uh, one special guest that kind of jumps out right away is Mike Portnoy. Um, at first, you might not expect him to be on an Enough's Enough record, but when you get down to it, you know he is a huge Beatles guy. You get you you know you're obviously a huge Beatles guy, and I think it uh, makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, we certainly try not to make a Beatles record when we're going out there because uh, that's those are the guys that invented our jobs. Absolutely. So it's pretty hard to to emulate something like that. And and Mike Portnoy does love the Beatles. Guilty as charged. <laughs> he always has one of his favorite bands and. I love them as well, too, but I think this record showcases a whole plethora of different influences on there. It's, it's not your average Enough Snuff album, although it sounds like I'm singing on them. It's it my does. voice. Sounds good. Uh, I, I think that we've taken a nice approach to it by getting not only different musicians to play on the record with us, but putting an album out in this day and age is unheard of. <laughs> yeah, full-length albums are, uh, are almost a thing of the past. You got so many bands wanting to just release singles and you know two or three songs at a time and things like that. So uh, yeah, you're definitely uh, we're definitely in uncharted territories with a lot of things. And listen, I'm fine with everybody putting records out. It's just want to do it as a single at a time. That's great. But there's the big diehard fans and most musicians that I know are are into whole rock albums by itself. Uh, they don't just want one song at a time. Uh, but any way we can get new music out there, it's going to be good for all of us. And I always, I've said it years ago, and I'll say it again. There's going to be a time where a new guy comes out, or a girl comes out of the basement, and she just goes, "Look, um, here's how we're going to sell records for now on," and it's going to be the new way how to do it. Because right now, the only way I know is how we've been doing it for years, which is live shows with with the record, and that's how you, people hear about it. Prince was smart when he was alive. Boy, he knew exactly what he was doing there. He, you go to a Prince show and you buy a ticket and you get the record when you get to the show and it will count as an album sales. And so every every week he's in the top 10 on Billboard because uh, people were grabbing his music. That's the way how to do it. Yeah. So you, it, it comes with the concert ticket. You get the free record with the concert ticket and that sews it right up. Every, and then everything else is gravy if you want to follow the band and go to sound check experiences or meet and greet and meet your favorite rock star. Because in my day and age, we didn't have any of that stuff. Oh, you I mean, were lucky that you were lucky to meet any, 
anybody like that, whether it's a movie star, an actor, a rock star, any kind of musician, very, very difficult. They were uh, unobtainable back then. Nowadays, it's changed where you can actually get up there and shake hands with your favorite singer and rock star and, uh, and remember that moment for the rest of your life. Or you can buy memorabilia, one or the other. My, my rap is I say put the music out there and let me take one hour of your whole year. One hour. Just take a listen to this music and it gets you away from all the rigmarole that's out there in the world. Maybe there's something there that's maybe there's some kind of a property there that's going to be very healing. Uh, in, in my case is I like going out there and making records and just going out and touring every single year. So I'm very selfish and spoiled when it comes to that, uh, which is understandable because all musicians should be. But if this record could just take a, uh, an hour out of everybody's time, just one hour out of your world. I think that you, you might find something in there that's going to trip your trigger. Now you you said something back there about meeting, you know, being able to go to a meet and greet and being able to go to a sound check or things like that. And even when I was a kid, you know, my friends and I, we would go downtown Nashville and find the bus and stake out the bus for hours on end. And then, you know, maybe get a glimpse of our, our heroes and maybe get a photo, maybe get a uh, autograph, but you know, the meet and greet wasn't a thing yet. Uh, even, you know, in my growing up. So, I mean, if you had the opportunity when you were a kid, you know, to meet your heroes and you had the means to do it, would you have done it back then? Or would you still want to kind of keep it as a, uh, a separate entity and not pay no. the uh, over uh, uh, price to do that? I did it. I have done that. I, in the early days, I knew that where the rock stars would go at the end of the shows because I was backstage at those big shows when I was a young kid seeing groups like, uh, cheap Trick or Deep Purple, how you like that, Nazareth, uh, Crack the Sky, you know, uh, all the, the older bands from, you know, the 70s, New England, uh, a lot of B-side, a lot of, that wasn't all huge like mm-hmm. Rush and, 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 and Kiss for me. It was, a, it was a whole potpourri of different bands, you know, Ginger Baker and uh, Angel and, and, and uh, Billy Squire, I've seen all those bands in the early days, and I got a chance to meet a lot of them. I, uh, who's uh, uh, Double Trouble, Sammy, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Got a chance to meet him when I was a kid, too. I just happened to be around that kind of stuff when I was 15, 16, 17 years old uh, because of friends that would be involved in the music business. And from there, it, it, it blossomed. Everything was took off from there. I'll never forget seeing Queen walking out the backstage area in Chicago after a show and Freddie Mercury looking at maybe 10 of us in the, in the alleyway uh, just before he got in his town car, turned around and gave us a peace sign and, and Brian gave us a thumbs up. And I thought, man, that is cool. <laughs> How they just take time just to say hello to us like that. And I'll always be a fan before anything else. I always will be. And a lot of the biggest rock stars that are out there in the world are fans as well. Yeah. I guess the question was, you kind of take out the guesswork and, you know, knowing where they're going to go after the show didn't necessarily guarantee they were going to be there after the show. So, you know, if you plunk down 100 or 200 bucks to meet a queen back in, you know, back in the day, you know, would you have done it kind of stuff? Uh, probably not back then because, you know, the chippy poos, I was working on my father <laughs> at U.S. Steel and the money was to support our family, middle class family working hard. Everybody's a contribution really meant a big difference. So probably wouldn't have spent that much money back then, but the world's different now. And, you know, and looking in hindsight, maybe you would have. I mean, just to be able to sit down and smoke a cigarette with Freddie Mercury and talk shop, yeah, it might have been special. Uh, but 
uh, let's face it, nowadays, you go to a soundcheck experience and see somebody like an L.A. Guns or Enough's Enough or Faster Pussycat, one of those kind of bands, and you'll be able to do it for fairly uh, 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 good price, reasonable price. And if you want to go backstage and see Kiss or Motley Crue or those cats, you're going to be open up the purse strings. And now with uh, all these things that are happening in the world right now during this, uh, these tough times, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a while before you see any of those meet and greets coming to fruition. I don't see it happening for a while, to be honest with you. Not until everything is uh, out front. You know, our, our biggest uh, scientists, and there's some great ones out there that are trying to help us to move along and, and navigate these uncharted waters. Uh, they don't even know. Uh, there's massive people that just don't know where it's going to go next. There's no experts for this. It really isn't. It's just about trial and error and maybe some success along the way. Uh, but at the end of the day, for all the bands that are playing, all we want to do is make records and turn them on to you guys because that's how we've been doing. That's our life. And that's what makes the, the world go around and move forward is fresh new music, a celebration of life playing every single night. Concerts got to get back into the game again. And I'm hoping next year we can get we can move forward and get and get the, those opportunities will come back come back to us once again. Well, I mean, you still got dates this year. Do you still plan to do those the the quarantine tour with Faster Pussycat? Yeah, but we're that's all the way in September. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm talking to you right now, and this is uh, you know late June. So, uh, do I think it could happen? Absolutely. A 2020 quarantine tour, Faster Pussycat. Enough's enough. And I think there's a special guest on there. It could be a Johnny Polanski or the girls or somebody. It'll be a good band. Believe me, they're not mentioning it to me right now who it's going to be, uh, but. Because people have been sequestered in their houses all this time, uh, they're chosen to get out there and party. And as long as it's done where it's, we're, we're smart about it. Look, we just went through weeks of protesting around the country, and, and no one said one word about that. And most of the people seem to be okay. Although some people would argue that there's a spike in uh, what we've been going through, and we need to flatten the curve, for lack of a better term. Uh, fact of the matter is. Uh, why don't we just call concerts protests, and then you get you know uh, protests with uh, music and and food and drink. I think that, that might be a good idea. There you go. And then nobody gets pissed at you about it because listen, I'm a fan. Of, I've been following protests since I've been a little kid. Protests and rallies are good. It brings people together. It's about life and and, and, and celebration. Uh, but I definitely don't want to see anybody uh, uh, getting sick. So a lot of people in one room together might be a little time before we actually uh, find out uh, how we can do this where it's uh, safely and still enjoyable for the audience. Are you going to be comfortable meeting fans? Or are you going to? Yeah, I am. I'm comfortable seeing what pe I meet people now. I've done in the last month. I've done a record with uh, John Anderson from Yes. Did that thing with uh, the. Uh, um, Better Days Coming by with Winger and Alice Cooper and Claus Mine from the Scorpions and Richie Kotzen. Uh, I just did a Fuzz Bubble song, a band called Fuzz Bubble on Puff Daddy's old label. I think they're called uh, Cult Stars now. Uh, did that record. I'm doing something with uh, members of Megadeth and Fear Factory and Bang Tango coming up. I'm taking. I'm moving forward. I'm excited. Putting new music out. They're doing another solo record. Uh, things really haven't changed except I can't go out and play live shows that's it I still see people 
right, we're going down the street, you still see our first responders and our military and, and the police and the uh, and nurses and all these the doctors are all going to the gas stations and going out to places and you run into people all the time. And uh, everybody's really, uh, it's a resilient country. We're hoping that it all pulls together within time. In the meantime, right now, uh, these are uncharted waters. We just have to uh, try to navigate this the best we can as a co- as a country. And what's one good thing that brings uh, good vibes into a household? Great rock and roll music and heavy metal. Hopefully, I can I provided that in this new brainwashed generation record, bro. Yeah, I mean, I've I've really been enjoying this uh, this new album, and I just want to kind of start with this uh, the even the uh, opening track, the gospel. And you know, when I think of an album, I start to think of the live show. And I almost feel like, are you going to come out to that? You know, lights go down, the gospel comes on, you know, here comes that's enough's cor- enough. You know, it's not, that's, that's correct. That's good stuff, man. And then uh, I, th- I think, you know, first few listens through, I'm really enjoying the song Help. So uh, so tell me a little bit of the story behind the, uh, the song Help. Uh, you know, I like to leave the songs up to the, uh, the interpretation up to the audience and not tell them exactly what they're about but it's pretty self-explanatory it sounds to me like uh, somebody that uh was snooping around and uh, found an old love letter and <laughs> perhaps thought maybe it was uh not as old as it was and uh they jumped to conclusions and at the end of it, it tells you exactly how the other side feels it <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best way for me to put it i don't want to say too many things about it except a uh, wonderful rock track and the reason it came out that was because Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick came down there and he took a Black Sabbath approach. The drums, everything is just real wide open and bare and organic and real. We're playing live in the studio, and that's what made it special. Absolutely. And then, uh, obviously, Drugland Weekend, you know, it sounds like a Drugland Weekend, and even the, the chord changes and the, and the progression of the uh, notes and things like that, you know, you definitely uh, you, you put across, a, you know, what, what uh, kind of a binge weekend sounds like. I appreciate that. Yeah, I felt good. It was a good time song where exposing all the bad behavior that we've uh, that any of us have went through during our lives or uh, when we were younger. You know, it's a perfect song for any colleges right now because those guys are out of their mind. Those college kids are dancing around like little leprechauns out there having a good time. Everybody's having a, uh, uh, a nice promiscuous evening every single night on campus. It's about having, a, you know, drinking some cocktails, which my grandpa calls loudmouth soup. And celebrating, and uh, that's it. I think it's all fun and dandy. At the end, at the end of the day, just be safe, be careful, and uh, you're better off getting on the street than you are getting it through anybody else because you don't. At least you know what you're getting. Okay, right now we got some really wonderful people out there that uh, can provide those good fun times, and that's exactly what Drug Land Weekend's all about. Uh, burn the candle where there's no wick left, but you still are alive. Now, in the bio here, it says that Ace Freely's on there as an inaudible lead guitar track, but the lead guitar track on there sounds like Ace Freely, so I was kind of curious on, on behind the meaning behind that. Yeah, because we, we were on tour with Ace Freely. Okay. We did 20, 29 shows of them last year, and then and just our year before, and then last year, in December of 2019, Ace and enough stuff were playing at, uh, in Detroit, a sold-out show. And I asked Stace, he doesn't talk to anybody before shows, all right? If he loves me, we get along great. We've been friends for 30 years. I knew him when he was in the, in the early young days when he was still in Kiss. And he says to me, Chip, I'd love to play on the new record. Send me a song and I'll play three or four solos. 
I'm happier in sin because because oh, yeah. I got all these guys playing. I got Neil Sean and waiting in the wings. I got uh, Nuno Betancourt says going to play in a song. I'm going. This is great. I can't believe it. Brian Ray from from Paul McCartney and Wings. I thought there's uh, or actually Paul McCartney not Wings. He was too young then. Mm-hmm. And I uh, saw so I've got all these great musicians. I think are going to be playing on the record. And I send them the track. And when it came back to me, the email came back. I couldn't hear the guitar. It was it was literally inaudible guitar. So, and, and the record company Frontiers, a wonderful label that I'm on, they said, we need this record quickly because we want to put it out. And I said, don't you think we should wait until after things clear up a little bit? I said, no, said, we got a July date. Do we want this record out in July? I said, great, no problem, guys. I immediately hung up the phone with Nick Teeter, who's the, who's the genius in that, at that label. And I picked up the guitar and laid down a solo in one or two takes. And I tried to be like, I, I was living my life vicariously through Ace Freely for about <laughs> five minutes, okay? <laughs> and then we got done. And my kind of couple of friends at the studio that were hanging out watching, they go, bro, that was incredible. It sounds like Ace Freely. I go, believe that done! <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like Ace. So you definitely pulled your inner Ace out. I enjoy that. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, buddy. And, and by the way, uh, uh, Ace said, he goes, I apologize for... I've been stuck with so many things going on in my world right now. I promise you I'll play the next record. And one thing you were talking about, you know, uh, keeping an eye on where you get your drugs and things like that. And and one thing that's been happening in the last, you know, five, ten years in the States is the, uh, you know, legalization of marijuana throughout the country. And I'm assuming with touring, you're hitting up all these spots. And how insane is it to you that there are dispensaries now where you can walk in and walk out with edibles and, and weed and all kinds of crazy stuff? It's absolutely incredible. And it was predicted by the great Jack Herrera. I used to, I'm a High Times Cannabis Cup judge for High Times Magazine. And I haven't done it in years, but I did it all the time. I down with Sebastian Bach and Tommy Chong and the guys from Anthrax, all the different bands that go down there, Patti Smith. It was just a wonderful time where they really celebrated pot. And I remember Jack Carrera giving me his book called Emperor Wears No Clothes and talking about that, how one day it's going to be in all the shops. It's going to be legal everywhere. And, and, and he told me to uh, always, respect and always respect the green and uh, pay homage to it. Uh, because a big, far- it's a huge part of our fabric here in the world, and he was right about it. I got it written in the book in that in his wonderful book that he gave me, and it's it's unbelievable. We live in a day and age, and this is by the way he predicted this back in 1992, and now here we are all these years later, and pot's now legal in almost all the places that I know of, at least 11 states, uh, and it's getting bigger everywhere because everybody's going. You know what? We we're, we we waited too long. All the years we've been suppressed by our government. Uh, stopping pot, looking at it like it was heroin or or crack, when or even alcohol, when it was just a, a flower that grows out of the ground, and most people are it's really good for them, and the, and the medicinal purposes that it serves are astronomical. It, it's one of the greatest drugs we've ever had here in the world. And you ask any doctor, and they'll tell you the same thing about it. We still haven't found anything bad about it because it's a wonderful drug. Uh, and I'd like to see where more people would petition and get a chance to help out 
uh, anybody that's elderly, any sick people that are going through medical conditions, I'd like to see them somehow uh, be prescribed that as opposed to the shitty drugs that they could give us on uh, across the counter with a smile on their face, acting like everything's all fine and dandy. But what they're doing is polluting us beyond belief. And we're doing it to ourselves, too, by we're looking, we're looking to people to help us because we need that support. So maybe pot's the way to go for the future for a lot of these cats. Um, I know that if I was uh, in a position like that, that's what I'd be doing because I've lived this long. And pot's been pretty good to me, I must say. I see Tommy Chong still smoking. I just heard from him recently, and he's, he's still puffing every single day. Sebastian Bach smokes more than a Viking in 1922. <laughs> I'll tell you guys, it's just, just choo-choo train guys. And a lot of the musicians and the old friends of mine from big bands, I won't mention any of their names, but huge bands, okay, they've all stopped drinking. What are they doing now? They smoke pot. Yeah, I think that the term is green and sober, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The uh, well, speaking of pot, and then also there was a, a compilation I saw uh, recently of you guys called the Atco Years. Obviously, Atco being the home of Pantera. Also, uh, you know, do you have any good stories of you and Phil, or you and uh, the Pantera guys being label mates? Are you kidding me? Those guys hail that band. I used to hang out with them all the time. I remember doing me and Rex one time to the radio station for our, uh, Rip, Rip Magazine. Nice. A guy named Lon Friend. He had his own radio, radio show, too. And it was huge, and his magazine was massive. R.I.P., it was called. Yep. Everybody was on the cover of it. It's from uh, Metallica to Guns N' Roses to Pantera, all of them there. And we did a whole radio show one time, and boy, he was really charming beyond belief. Really liked the guy a lot. But my most times I've spent with Pantera were with either Phil or Vinny. Uh, Vinny, wonderful guy, had a club called the Coach House out in Dallas. And he'd invite the bands every time we come through town. He'd invite us there, drinks on the house. He'd have four or five girls hanging around us, you know, treating us like we were uh, uh, the soul from Bernay. And <laughs> just, you know, we were princes with him. He was wonderful to us. And, uh, one great moment I do remember was when the last time they seen him, I was opening for Ace Freely in Dallas. We were playing a big venue out there. And after the show, uh, he didn't even know we were playing. He goes, bro, I can't believe you guys are here. You sounded great. Come back to my venue um, at the coach house and hang out with it and bring your guys. And I go, you sure? He goes, absolutely. So I get all the way down there after the gig. It's about a half hour away from where I was playing a sold-out gig. And... He's not there, and they won't let us in. They don't care if it's chips enough or who is there. They're just looking at me like, sorry, Vinny's not here. And then Vinny finally calls him and says, yeah, my good friend Chip is in. Make sure you take care of him. And they let us all in there, and it was free food, drink, and storytelling until 6 o'clock in the morning with him. And they had great stories, by the way, okay? Oh, yeah. And back then, in the early days, those guys were just, you know, about smoking pot and drinking. That was it. And, I, and you know, his brother Dime, he really wasn't a smoker. He was more of a, you know, he liked drinking his beer. He liked his cocktails, uh, where the other guys in the band were more in the pot. And Vinny, uh, just, he always stayed away from the pot. He didn't really smoke it. He just uh, drank a little bit. But the love that he had for that band and the legacy of Pantera was astronomical. And to think a guy like that would be into a band like Enough's Enough or Enough's Enough into Pantera, that's just because I show you the common denominator of music. Um, we all so celebrate the great creativity that we all display every single year. And when we get on these tours and stuff, 
um, you don't know when it's the last show is going to be. So you, yeah, everybody's got a lot of love for each other in the music business, and I and I do love that beyond belief. Yeah, the last time I saw Vinny was probably uh, right before he passed, and then the whole thing, you know, that whole deal with. Uh, uh, you know, I got to go hang out after the show. I was with another musician, and he was just holding court. Vinny was telling all kinds of crazy stories, and everybody was asking questions. I mean, he held court forever. And I was like, man, if I just only had a recorder, it would have been such a great, uh, you know, just great to have that recorded. You know, him just just telling just so many stories. It was great. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I was in Las Vegas. I was playing a show at a small little place, a little small little club out there. And uh, they have bands all the time there. And they said, um, hey, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Steel Panther's playing at uh, Hard Rock. I said, oh, really? you got to be kidding me. So I went up there, and uh, I'm hanging out backstage, and I, uh, I'm, I'm smoking a joint in the, in, the, in the dressing room, in the bathroom. And Mike Starr goes, hey, Dan, do me a favor. Blow a couple of, a couple of hits in my face. But yeah, I don't smoke, but I love the way it smells. <laughs> I loved it. So then... We get done, uh, we're hanging out, puffing and talking, uh, having, sharing pleasantries, and then all of a sudden they get ready to go on stage. They go, hey, you're coming up, right? I go, yeah, no problem. And then that night they fired Lexi on stage and hired Chips Enough to play bass for the last like five, six songs in the set, which is pretty funny. Nice. And Lexi just stayed up there and kept the mirror in front of my face so I can see how good I look. And then, of course, um, the very last song they called Vinny up on stage, and we went and we did uh, Van Halen's You Really Got Me. Oh, the wow. King version, and it was great. So when we finished up, and he goes, uh, "Bro, you coming out with us?" I go, "Ah, bro, I got a gig tomorrow." He goes, "Come on, please come out, Chip." And he talked me into it. He always does, and that's all we did was talk about stories of the Atco Atlantic days, traveling around the country in a bus, those big shows he was playing, opening up for. He was they were basically support for a while. They weren't headlining anything. And then they went out and started doing gigs on their own, and the fans were spoken. Radio wasn't even playing Pantera that much back then. Uh, but the ones that were, that record company really had a foothold on what was happening in the music world. They hired a guy named Jeff McCluskey, and he worked those Pantera records and did a wonderful job. Yeah, absolutely. And then over there, over at Frontiers, you got our good friend, a uh, friend of the show, Nick Teeter over there, who is a fantastic. <laughs> fantastic uh, fantastic gentleman over there at, uh, at Frontiers yeah Nick has been going in it for a long time him along with uh, Sarfino and a guy named Mario uh, those guys are like the, the kingpins of that record company and they really love music they're fans before anything else at the end of the day and uh, my hat's off to them and that's how good labels are in the old, when I was at Atco Atlantic in the early days it was all about working with people that actually loved your company they liked the style of music you were playing, and they would break their ass every single day to help people hear about those records without social media, without internet. All that stuff wasn't there. So nowadays, I see anybody that's getting a chance to get uh, a little action, a little bit of love, I give them a lot of uh, accolades because this job is 24-7, 365 days of the year, and you, you got to really want it bad if you want to be successful. Absolutely, man. Well, as we wrap it up, you know, we've got a brainwash generation coming out July 10th on Frontiers. You know, what are you guys planning on doing? Are you going to do any kind of, you know, quarantine session kind of, uh, uh, you know, live streaming or anything like that? Are you just going to wait until the uh, until the Faster Pussycat tour? Uh, The record comes out on July 10th on Frontiers, brainwash generation and us and up. And then on July 11th, we go out to Cincinnati. We're doing a live streaming show. 
for the Monsters of Rock on their uh, platform, which is Facebook. Oh, nice. Uh, and a lot of bands have done it. This is the big thing that I've been reading about it, you know, uh, I like Guns just did it. I know the Metallica's doing one. Foo Fighters are doing one. Cheap Trick. A lot of big bands are doing these streaming shows just to hold us over hold, and let the fans know we're still alive and we're, we didn't forget about you and we're coming back real soon. So I believe uh, the first show for us live will be on August 7th and we're in Iowa with a few big bands. I'm not sure if it's Dokken or somebody like that, but I know there's a couple of festival dates that are, are still on the books right now. They have not canceled them, but the big tour for us would be uh, starting September 6th, and that's the 2020 quarantine tour with my good friends Faster Pussycat from Los Angeles, Enough's Enough, and then I think there's an opening act, a special guest that they'll announce when the tour launches in the beginning of September and that goes all the way through November. Nice long quarantine tour for us. Okay. We're taking it everywhere. And I'm not scared of meeting anybody. I want to go out there. We're all going to be okay. Say prayers, be safe, be smart. Don't be drinking tons. Don't be partying, go crazy because these are times right now. We got to show a little bit discipline and a little discipline never hurt anybody.
huge thank you to Chips Enough for taking the time on the podcast. Make sure you're checking out the new album, Brainwashed Generations, out July 10th. And also a huge thank you to Aaron Camaro of the Dustable Geek Podcast for answering the phone. I literally cold called him, and uh, but I knew he'd be all about talking some enough's enough. So for the Talk To Me Podcast, I'm Joshua Toomey, and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. <laughs>